You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, along with TJ Spinsad. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Happy birthday to Eldrick Tiger Woods. Oh, and happy birthday to LeBron James, who had the ball in his hands down three, and the Lakers didn't get a shot up last night against the Grizz. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Plus, we got uh, wait to hear Bill Belichick. And I think there are times in which Bill Belichick lets you in and he lets you in uh, on his thoughts on John Madden. We'll get to that upcoming in about 15 minutes. Really, really good. Like just, you know, I, I always Belichick talking about Madden reminds me of whenever I've played golf with like a PGA player hoosh. Like I play golf. I just I just want to hit the ball. And if I can hit a ball straight. Awesome. If I can ball straight and as far as I wanted to hit it. Incredible. That's about it, right? Hit it so I don't embarrass myself. You know, you don't want to swing and miss. And if you hit it straight, great. If you hit it where you want to hit it, even better. After that, I'm not complaining. You get a bad bounce, you're like, you know what? I'm just, I'm kind of lucky I even got it where I wanted to go. So I took a bad bounce. But when you play with a PGA golfer, I'm like, what are you aiming for? Like, see that little notch right there? (laughs) Yes. I'm going to hit the ball right there. And then they... They, they're like three feet to the left, and they're like, I missed. What do you mean you missed? You hit it, you're like three feet to the left. It's perfect. Like, no, perfect is perfect. Anyway, golfers see the world differently. When you and I talk football, especially when you talk about, like, you're a savant in terms of technique at the position that you start in, it's completely different than how everybody else looks at it. I can't wait to hear how Bill Belichick talks about an all-time great football mind and football coaching and John Madden. We'll get to that. In 15 minutes. Uh, let, let's, there, there's going to be lots of topics today. I think the Madden stuff still kind of resonates. The bowl game stuff, so far it's been... Hey, Doug, that was pretty good, man. What? That was pretty good how you tied that together. Kudos you like that? to you. Yeah, man. I've been doing this was, a while. That was pretty damn good, Doug. I've been, that I've been, was I've, good. I've been doing this a while. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so I, I look at I look at this, like, the stories of the day and... I kind of think the Lakers continuing, you know, inability to win games consistently, it feels like a big story. The problem with it is, you know, everybody's missing so many pieces that it'll kind of get lost in the, well, they didn't have Anthony Davis. How big problems do you think the Lakers have? Huge. We're losing with Anthony Davis. Like, we were losing games with Anthony Davis in the lineup. He's not in the lineup. We're still losing games. There's no fix for this until they decide they want to play defense. But as you get older, it's hard to give maximum effort all game. Because if you watch the games, like the Lakers, they're, they're last night example, they're up by double digits in a third quarter. Should have won the game, but they cannot sustain it. They either have to try to get younger, which is virtually almost impossible considering the contracts and who who's tradable and any assets they can get back, or they're going to have to limit minutes. Say, LeBron, instead of, I believe he played 39, 40 minutes last night. Instead of playing 39, 40, you play 31. I need maximum effort, so forth and so on, every player. But if he's not on the floor – are you going to be competitive when he's off? And so it's it, it's tough, man. I'm a Laker fan. At the beginning of the season, they're, oh, they're old. They're not going to be able to do this. And I'm like, man, I actually like the team. 
just didn't think defensively uh, they'd be this bad, man. It's almost comical that a leader on that team hasn't made it a point to step up defensively so that everybody else follows suit. Um, I don't like. I just some guys just aren't physically capable of it. You know, like there's just guys that that's not what they do. You can't make somebody okay. I'm going to reinvent myself. I, I think Doug, what's interesting. You're a basketball player. Yes. Is am I wrong when I say this? Then that playing defense, a lot of it is just desire and want to. Um. Yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, like, look. Okay. So so let's let's take Rondo. They have there's two guys on that team that reputation-wise are way better than they actually are as defensive players, Rondo and Westbrook. But Rondo, you can't play. Like, he's washed. You can't play him anymore. Okay, DeAndre Jordan is supposed to be their rim protector. He's washed. He can't play. Okay, like, those are two guys they they can't play. Carmelo Anthony, you're not going to reinvent yourself at 36, 37 years old. When he's already reinvented himself as a shooter, like, you're just trying to, you're just trying to get by with him. Even at his peak, he wasn't a good defender. Now he's way past his peak. So the idea of like, do I want you to try hard and play hard? Like, yeah. And they played him some at the five and like, he can lean on a guy a little bit, but he, he is not like a rotation guy. He's not a great rebounder. He's not a great shot. He's not a shot blocker. Like what, what is he defensively? All right. So, okay. So now Westbrook's not a great defensive player. LeBron James was a very good defensive player, but one, the load he carries on offense and two, he's 37 years old today. He's not going to move the same. He just doesn't move the same as he used to like go through the, go through the team. You tell me where Trevor Reza is a three and D guy who has barely played this year, but Trevor Reza is in his mid thirties as well. Right. So, I mean, like all these guys are older. They're going to be a lesser version. It's it's not as much about playing hard. Isaiah, Th- part of Isaiah Thomas is not just he had the who's now with the Mavericks. It's not just he had the hip. It's that he's tiny and he was never a good defender before he had the hip. And it's really hard to be tiny. You can't you can't switch with Isaiah Thomas. He's just too small. So he's a minus defensively. They just got so many guys that are minuses defensively and they're not that good offensively that can they can make it up for it. Yeah, offensively, they lack shooting. When when they're hitting shots, they're fine. But may, maybe this is just a new day and age. Like, up over 20 points against Oklahoma City, you turn around and lose that game. You're up, you up double digits last night in the third quarter. You lose that game. You score 16 points in the final 12 minutes in the fourth quarter of that game. And you can point the defense and say, oh, they gave up a lot of points. But in reality, offense failed them last night. They Defensively, the effort wasn't bad outside of Ja Morant going off. Yeah, they, they Memphis didn't score a ton of points. Offensively, they just ran out of gas. And as you get older, you just can't go to the well – as much as you used to when you were younger. You just don't have it. And, and that's what happens when you have an older team. And you would hope, like, Taylor Horton Tucker, he'd be a guy, younger guy. Guys are a little tired, you know, cup, go get us some buckets. He couldn't do that. They played him late in the fourth quarter. He's not a great three-point shooter. The spacing isn't there. He couldn't knock down shots. 16 points in the fourth quarter. But defensively, I thought, last night specifically – it wasn't bad. 
you can't score 16 points in the fourth quarter and, and expect to win the game. I don't think there's a way in which they can move Westbrook. Like I, you, you have the, I, I and <laughs> for who? Right. That's the that's the problem. You're gonna if you're gonna give somebody, you know, a year and a half of it's a 92 million dollar contract, but there's probably only, you know, only but 70 million left or whatever. Uh, but you all, you also have to find that contract space within somebody's salary cap. They're gonna give you they're gonna give you back some stuff in return you do not want. Would Houston just, trade John Wall for Russell Westbrook? When would that make a difference for the Lakers? Um, I don't think they would trade him. It's the same amount of money, correct? Yes, but you're not bringing Russell Westbrook back to, to where it just was to sit like that. They they don't want they want those young guys to play. I could be wrong. They they want those young guys. They want those young guys to play, and that that's the problem with with Russell Westbrook is. You know, I'm not sure there's competitive teams that feel like you can win big with him. Um, and you, I don't know if you can put him on a non-competitive team. Like the best spot for Russell Westbrook is a team like when he was in Oklahoma City his last year where you're just trying to get, just trying to figure out a way to get to the playoffs, right? Where you get something out of his his overall effort and you allow him to dominate the ball. But he dominates the ball and... Um, you know, they, the other thing he screws up with them is because when he doesn't have the ball and he can't shoot, they put him in the dunker spot, which is down below the, the backboard. Now all their rotations defensively in terms of when a shot goes up are screwed up. So uh, they're, they're a bit of a mess. They don't have their head coach. They don't have all their players, including their, their star player, which is Anthony Davis. I, they're going to make – it's not like they're not going to make the playoffs, but it does feel like a bunch of parts that <laughs> don't fit make- together. And even when they do – they're they're past their prime in terms of parts. Make the playoffs as the Lakers to get embarrassed in the first round because you're gonna have to play Phoenix or Golden State. Oh man, that's that, funny. That's was not... what's funny is last year they're up two games to one, and and Andre Drummond is clowning uh, Jay Crowder as uh, as LeBron's going to work in the post, and they they haven't been the same since. Literally haven't been the same since. But you you had young guys. On a defensive end, that would give you the effort. Alex Caruso in Chicago playing well. I mean, in essence, they they basically chose Taylor Horton Tucker over Caruso because of his offensive game and supposed prowess. And it when you play with LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, how did the front office think? Horton Tucker would get his shots off, get his looks, be able to handle the ball and be ball dominant because that's what he is as well as a player. I don't know what they were thinking with those three guys. With, with, f- which guys? I'll, 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 with, with Taylor, so so Taylor, the Taylor Horton Tucker problem is everybody really likes him. He's only 21 years old. Okay, he's 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 got some freakish characteristics, right? Like he's got a wingspan that's over seven feet, and he's only six four, and he's dropped all that weight, like. But but the problem is that he's he's a rotation player at best. Like he's not a starter on an NBA championship team. Um, with Caruso, I think they didn't think he was a point guard, which he was. He was a he and LeBron were point played together when they won a Nobody's championship. Nobody's a point guard when you play with LeBron. Right, but you need a you need a you need a point guard for the for the second team or whatever. Um and like I think for Caruso, they they didn't take into account 
all of the little things that he that he did. You get you get caught chasing the star names because if you keep Caruso and you make the move for Buddy Heald instead of for Russell Westbrook, you're a completely different team today. Um, I I just don't think they valued all the things Caruso did. Instead, you worried about the things he he didn't do, which is score. You know, and he's not really a, a guy who can create a ton of shots for other people. He just kind of moves the ball. But the ener- you, you mentioned the energy he plays with, the ability to move without the basketball, the lack of ego he plays with offensively are, are things. And the youth are things this team needs. How, and how old he is is inconsequential considering how old and young, he, young his legs are and how hard he plays. You, you like, know what's crazy is yeah. a lot of coaches, and it's not just basketball, it's Every sport, male and female, they always evaluate what a player doesn't do instead of what he does well. Like, I think, I think, I think that's relationships, though. But remember, you evaluate what a guy doesn't do, especially when he plays for you and when he kind of starts, he's like mailroom guy, right? And, and where you come in as the mailroom guy or – for you, when you come in where, you know, in terms of how you entered in the NFL, it's hard to get people to completely wrap their heads around the fact that that was who you were evaluated as. That's not who you are now, right? Like, TJ coming into the league is not TJ after the Pro Bowl. I, I'm like, I, I felt like the same way when I, was, when I was at ESPN. I came in as a guy who played. I'd, I, I started a little bit ahead of, of other people because not just I played, but I'd done some TV and some radio. But uh, oftentimes you're viewed as the what somebody doesn't do, and it limits the ultimate ceiling for you. I think that's how the, the Lakers viewed Caruso. You get so caught up in the, well, he's not really a starting point guard. He's not really a shot creator, and he doesn't really, he's not going to score 15 a game. He doesn't. Right. Yes, but it's all the other things. Whereas if in somebody else's player plays for somebody else's team, you only you focus on the positives, the things they do. Well, you know what you know. What Russell Westbrook will bring. Russell Westbrook will bring. He, he's a shot creator. Look at the assist. All the stuff. All the stuff he creates with the second team. That's what we need. You convince yourself of the things he does do instead of the things he doesn't do when he's not in your building. Qualifiers. It, it's, yeah. it's one of those things. It, it will never go away. That we always look at. Ah, oh, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do. What is he good at? Let's put him in position to be successful. We won't worry about the negatives because his negatives, somebody else can make up for that. So forth and so on. You don't do this well. Okay, he does this well. That's how you construct a team. What somebody else doesn't do well, you get a guy who's pretty good at that. Oh, we're not good defensively. Okay, let's get a couple guys that can play defense. And I think they believed by signing Avery Bradley that that would – Avery Bradley – and Trevor Ariza, that defensively, these are the two guys that, and even Baysmore, that can lock guys down and make the occasional three-point shot. Like you said earlier, Ariza hasn't been able to play much. Uh, protocol with, with Avery Bradley, he's playing, but not as much. Baysmore opened the season as a starter. He didn't even get any playing time anymore. And so they just swung and missed on the guys that they thought would be those defensive stoppers. I think I think Bays is in COVID protocols. I think I think that's what what, what happened to Bays. Uh, I think there was an injury and then COVID protocols because they they're going to need him to to play. They went to picked up Isaiah Thomas and then kind of gone through all these guys and had LeBron joking about Metal World Peace. But 
Uh, and, and LeBron's right. They haven't played together a ton. It should get better. I just don't think ultimately it feels like a championship team. On, on the other hand, like I'm intrigued to see what does Golden State look like when they ultimately add Clay, right? What is what does Brooklyn look like when they when they ultimately add Kyrie? Uh, will Jamal Man, Murray Golden be back for State the for the Denver gonna, Nuggets? Golden State uh, gonna be scary, man. If they can figure this out quick, they like they don't even need Clay. You know how good they're gonna be. They should be very good. Oh, Is man. it addition by addition? It should be addition by addition, but as, as sometimes it doesn't work that way, and it it does take a while to work out. Right, it takes a while to work out. Here's LeBron, by the way, uh, talking about playing his game at a high level at 37 as of today. Hey LeBron, uh, happy birthday almost. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, and there will continue to be a lot of talk about what you are able to do at your age. And I'm just wondering, is there has there been anybody any other player, either a contemporary of yours or from history, that you either studied or you know paid close attention to how they evolved and adapted as they got into their late thirties and beyond? No. Absolutely not. Um, I've always respected you know, the generation that came before me. And, um, you know, I've always, um, you know, saluted the guys that, that set the stones for us to be here today. Um, but I've never I've studied anybody's game and throughout their career on, you know, what I can implement to myself. Um, I've always had my own path and my own determination, my own uh, grind. I, I literally, like, put in the work, you know, every day, either from a physical or mental or spiritual part. Um, the game is always running through my veins and I'm thinking about ways I can continue to improve uh, my game throughout my later stage of my career. So, Very humble with the, uh, nope, there's nobody real, else like me. Hey, one of one. Quick, real uh, quick, no. One of one, nobody else like me. Haven't studied anybody, don't know anybody. One of one, Pally. Let me tell you more about let me tell you more about about me. Uh, com- coming up next, uh, Bill Belichick doesn't always let us in, but when he does, it's pretty interesting. We'll get to that next on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great... Uh, did I say Doug Gottlieb Show? My bad. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Sorry, TJ. <laughs> Sorry. You know, you do one thing 220-some-odd days a year, and you get you kind of fall back into it. Um, so, so, TJ, the Las Vegas Bulls tonight, Allegiant Stadium. You and I went to the Raiders game earlier. Wisconsin, Arizona State. It's, of course, in one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. We both went to that, that Raider-Washington football team game in December. You were celebrating the anniversary of your uh, Saturday show, Up On Game, which is you, LeVar Arrington, Plexico Burris, right here on uh, Fox Sports Radio from noon to 2 Eastern time every Saturday. You guys had a good time in Vegas, didn't you? Man, it was fun to celebrate Up On Games, one-year anniversary in Vegas. Man, it was nothing like it. We did our show from uh, Mandalay's Bay Sportsbook. Had a great dinner at the Strip Steak at the Mandalay Bay. They also gave us a tour of the Bud Light Beer Gardens Arena. That's where they do all the tailgating at before the uh, Raider game. So, yeah, man, it was we had a great time in Vegas. 
Yeah, um, and they're getting a Super Bowl, obviously. Pac-12 Championship was there. Um, they got the Raiders, the Golden Knights, the Aces. Vegas is hosting the NHL All-Star Game, the Pro Bowl, NFL Draft this April, even upcoming Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's crazy that Vegas has gone from a place you go to watch sports played other places to now it's like the sports mecca for actual events. Vegas is, is that spot now. It's crazy. Vegas is the ultimate sports town, which, oh, it's all this gambling in Vegas. We can never put professional teams here. Vegas is the place to be when it comes to sports, not just to watch others. It's to also watch the hometown teams now. And so, yeah, Vegas is a place to be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, Doug Gottlieb, T.J. Hushman's out of in for Dan and the Danettes. Um, we got some rare insight into how Bill Belichick viewed John Madden yesterday. Here was here was Belichick after the news of John Madden's passing, talking about the time he spent with John Madden. I had a great opportunity to spend, you know, quite a bit of time with, uh, you know, with John. Um, seemed like he he covered our he and Pat covered our games with the Giants every week. It's like a weekly broadcast crew and going out to John's bus and you know spending time with him there and and through the years all the way up to the. Super Bowl 36 and all the other things that, that he's done for the league. Um, I particularly enjoyed the top 100 conversations with with John about some of the. There were about four, five or six of us kind of on the that watched some of the the players from the 20s, 30s, and 40s in those those era decades. And I know we had a lot of a lot of great conversations about the games that we saw, the players that we saw, um, the way the game was played. Uh, here's I, I thought this one was interesting. This is on the production meetings. With Madden, and I would say I always enjoyed the uh, production meetings with John because the, his insight into the game was very good, and the, a lot of the questions he would ask were sometimes kind of um, you know they had a lot of depth to him. Maybe it was something that I hadn't thought that much about, and he he noticed it and said, "Hey, um, you know, what about this or what about that?" And you start thinking about it and say, "Wow, it's pretty pretty observant. I'm, I, I might have even miss that," you know. And, Maybe what some another team, you know, what our one of our opponents was doing, or why they were doing it, or, or how we were doing something, and and then that you know stimulated another, you know, line of thought. Uh, that was uh, Bill Belichick. Let's bring in Daniel Jeremiah. Move the sticks is the podcast. You see him on the NFL Network. You see him on Amazon, uh, covering Thursday night football. And of course, he's the the color analyst for the Chargers radio network. Um, we're we're all kind of of a similar same age. We all grew up with Madden as the broadcaster and Madden as the video game. Um, but but how much of what you do, do you, do you at least take a little piece of watching John Madden growing up as a kid? Yeah, I mean, we all, it was yeah. a soundtrack for all of us, right, Doug? So, I mean, yeah, you, you can't help but, but take something from him when you're, when you're doing games, you know, doing the radio games, not doing uh, you know the game of the week like he was doing on television, but the the element that that I would say that most everybody has tried to steal from him was the fact that this is still supposed to be fun. Like as insightful as he was, and as great of an analyst as he was, the thing that all that always stood out to me about John Madden, especially as a kid, was like this guy's having fun. It's a game. He's enjoying it. Um, and I think, personally, I don't enjoy watching a broadcast that gets so in the weeds and is so technical um, and you kind of forget, man, this, we're supposed to be having a good time here, right? Yeah, it's still sports at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. And uh, and that's what it did. And then the video game 
you know, I, um, I I remember, you know, in high school you would see, um, you play high school football, you see three coverages, right? You see, you see man, you see cover two, you see cover three. I kind of learned a lot of, you know, the different coverages and things like that, that, you know, as you're going to college by, by playing the video game, because you kind of learn, oh, robber and all these different things that you never, never uh, really saw at the high school level. That was kind of how you were introduced to it. Hey, hey you, it's, it's funny you bring up the video game. Um, I tell kids now, to this day, man, you want to learn football, go play Madden. And, <laughs> it's so true. And, and the crazy part is I don't – some of the youngsters, when you when they hear Madden, they just think the video game. They don't even know who John Madden is. They just – they know it as the video game. And are there any – guys that call games that remind you of Madden or he was just in a league of his own and will stay there? Yeah, I think he's, I definitely think he's in a league of his own. You know, I think the closest thing to him, you know, if you remember kind of like after he exited, uh, Matt Millen had, uh, had kind of taken over that role and was, you know, he was kind of a, you know, this gruff football player, but who had a lot of fun, you know, up, up in the, uh, up in the booth. It was before, you know, he went the GM route and went to the Detroit Lions. But I, I honestly think during those years that, that Matt Millen was probably the closest thing we had to Madden as somebody who was universally respected, you know, because of his credentials in the football world at that time um, and somebody who also made the game pretty fun. Let's let's get on the football field. Um, so Big Ben, uh, he came out today and said this is Monday night. It's going to be his last game probably at Heinz. Not, not a surprise to anyone. Um, can they get to the playoffs? They, they're just limping to the finish line here. I don't think so. You know, I, I think there's a real chance that that last game of the year, I believe it's Cincinnati and Cleveland, right? Um, that that could be the win and end game for, for whoever comes out of that game. I just don't. I don't think Pittsburgh has enough offensively, but um, you know, as you're you're sitting here kind of reminiscing, and, and I saw those quotes this morning from Ben. You know, I, I scouted in that division for for six years, and when I was in Baltimore, and then also in Cleveland, um, and the guys in Cleveland, we had all came from Baltimore. So uh, when we'd be in draft meetings, every single defensive lineman that we would read, we had to answer the question, could this guy get Ben Roethlisberger on the ground? We were like, okay, yeah, this guy, he's got, some, he's got some speed. He can win on the high side. He's got counters, blah, blah, blah. You're like, yeah, okay, well, he's 240 pounds. Can, if he actually gets to Ben Roethlisberger, can he physically get him on the ground? Because he had just killed us by just shrugging off sacks and bouncing off guys and making plays. So that was the kind of respect that that dude had in the division. Speaking of... Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Where do they go from here? Who, who can be a replacement? I, I know you do a lot of draft work. Who, who is a player they may look towards, or do they try to trade for, say, an Aaron Rodgers, or, or find a free agency through a free agent in the NFL? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think they're going to be kind of positioned in a weird spot in the draft. And this is a draft where I wouldn't be shocked if we did not see one go in the top ten. Um, you know, I think Kenny Pickett from Pitt would be a short commute. I mean, just need a tank of gas um, to, to be able to get to the facility. Uh, he's, you know, he's an interesting player. He's a little bit older, uh, but real polished. I think he's got the best tape of any of these college kids. I think every team that needs a quarterback is going to have to, you know, go through the scenarios of the big three veteran guys. You know, whether or not you think Aaron Rodgers can be, you know, got. You start there. Um, I would think that'd be the the guy that they would look at first. Although I, I have my doubts on whether he'll get out of there, 
Um, and then you have Russell Wilson with, with what's going on in Seattle and a potential rebuild. And then you have to, you know, try and navigate the Deshaun Watson waters and see, you know, how that whole thing uh, works itself out. But those are the big three guys there. And then the draft standpoint, I think you, you, know, you probably start with Pickett and Corral from Old Miss as, as options. But you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans hate it when I say this. But I just got a feeling like the name that I would not be shocked if he was starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers next year is actually Mitchell Trubisky. Interesting. Why? Well, Trubisky, you know, coming from Chicago, people forget like the guy. The guy did make a Pro Bowl there. As, as bad as it got um, towards the end, I think people have seen that 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 setup there is not really uh, quarterback friendly. <laughs> the guys that have come into the lineup since he left, he goes to Buffalo. Um, he get a chance to kind of reset himself a little bit. I mean, it's just a preseason. You read into it what you will, but you know you can go watch their game against the Bears and see you know some of the things that he did there. He's a young guy. He had credentials as a you know as a top ten pick, so you know he's got talent and uh, he's get a chance to kind of reset himself a little bit there. I think there will be there will be a market for him, um, and I would not be surprised if that was you know in a place like Pittsburgh. You think Lamar plays this weekend? Not based off of the little practice footage that we saw the other day. I mean, he was T- very... TJ, uh, TJ thinks he was selling it to the cameras. I was like, he, he was moving like the oldest... He was moving like 40 years from now, Lamar Jackson. Man. <laughs> I just think, I think that they've got... You know, when you go out to those practices, uh, when you're with the teams, like they'll have a lot of that stuff, right, is from your, um, it's from your organization. So they'll kind of shoot the whole practice and you don't know what I don't know imagine you would know what portion they would actually be allowed to use in the clip um, I, I don't know I can't I can't see him going through all that to try and sell something but if he did I mean shoot give him every every acting award you can get because it looked it looked real to me if he if he was out there in that condition there's no way he should be practicing no that's a fair point that's a fair point um, that yeah there's a uh, Unless you're just trying to, this is just trying to feel it out here, and then and then that was they got the answer that they needed, and maybe you shut them down. But yeah, that did not look like somebody who was ready to take an NFL field anytime soon. You've been in that front office. Is there a is there a legitimate discussion about taking you know leveraging Huntley against Lamar in an offseason contract negotiation? Well, you know, I haven't I haven't had that conversation with anybody there, um, but I think you can no, look at it. No, but you know how you know how people you know how people yeah. think, you know. Yeah, but no, Doug, I, does that get I tricky? A, I think that's a, yeah, it's a leverage point if nothing else, right? You know, you can kind of say this is the you know, we get to a number that we're comfortable with and there's some guys in some situations where hey, we're going to have to go outside of our comfort zone to do a contract. Um, I think if nothing else, Huntley's allowed them to have the conversation of of, of something that Baltimore's really kind of traditionally done um, for as long as I can remember is they'll set market value on a guy and they're okay and that's different at the quarterback position obviously um, but they usually you know set the number and and that's where they are and they don't go beyond that I think this maybe gives them a little bit of courage to uh, you know to attempt to do the same thing here with Lamar does it get tricky because Lamar, in essence, is his own agent. You're not communicating with an agent. You're communicating yeah. with Lamar. Yeah, yeah, the, you, you know, the, the feelings get like, yes. this is why you have an agent, not your mom or you, because you need those layers. Otherwise, agent, it becomes direct communication. The, 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 the stuff that they tell the agent that, okay, listen, we got Tyler Huntley in the wings. He's going to take the – the agent will tell Lamar that 
in a better way than what the Ravens will say it. And so you can take some things personal. How will they navigate this without pissing them off pretty much? First of all, first of all, uh, we've all been in that in that spot. Has has an agent ever started a conversation with anything other than, "Hey, first of all, they love you." Okay, yes. they love you. <laughs> they love you. They want you back. But yeah. but uh, at at this time, they're not. You know, at this time, they're not. They don't have the money in the budget. But I'm telling you, they love you. You've done a great job. I mean, they, they I mean, would give anything to have you back. But it's just so you know, true. Everybody so said true. that. Everybody said that conversation. Yeah, that's that's oh. tricky. That's tricky to navigate that, uh, definitely without the agent piece. But, you know, to me, if you're looking at what's the, you know, we could say, okay, what will they do? What will Lamar do? Um, to me, I think the wise thing from the Ravens standpoint, I think you kind of slow play this thing. You know, I think you've, you've got enough leverage here with how that kid's played very limited. But I don't think you need to go, again, way, way outside of your comfort zone. You, you put a number out there that you're comfortable with. He doesn't want to do it. You can you can kind of slow play this thing a little bit because you've got you've got some resources with the franchise tag moving forward. Do you think Aaron Rodgers already made up his mind? Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, Doug. I don't know how to get inside his head. Like, um, th- there's no football reason for him to want to leave Green Bay. It's only you know location. That's the only thing I can come up with. Is just you don't want to you don't want to be in Wisconsin anymore. Um, no offense to Wisconsin, but that's that's the only reason. Um, it's not the front office thing. I think that's kind of a fabrication, personally. Um, so I can't come up with one. And I just, you know, you're right on the doorstep. And his, he's, I would think he'd be oh. concerned most about his legacy at this point in time. And adding Super Bowl wins is the only thing that matters for his legacy. And I don't know that I can find a better spot to get that accomplished than where he is. And I think I do think he's. He's, he's bright enough and smart enough to, to put that together. So as this season has gone along, I've become less and less convinced that he's actually going to leave Green Bay. Hey, Daniel, quick question, really, really quick. Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals. Is Joe Burrow a top five quarterback? Oh, he's, he's, he's definitely one of my top five uh, favorite quarterbacks. I think he's right on the cusp of being a top five quarterback in general, yes. Thank you, appreciate it. He's an assassin. Can you explain to me how the Chargers lost that game and completely no show? Like, can you? Yeah, and I don't care they're missing half the team. The Texans are missing half their team too. Yeah, the Texans were missing. I think four fifths of their offensive line, their best receiver, and Brandon Cooks. There's, there was, it was a weird day. There's no energy in the building. There's like twenty thousand fans there. They needed somebody to bring the energy, and they needed somebody to, 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 you know, refuse to let that happen. Unfortunately, there's nobody that really stepped up to do that. And then, from a football standpoint, you can't get any, can't get off the field on third down, yeah. um, and you can't stop the run. That's a problem. Davis Mills, because he'd be a starter long term. Yeah, he's going to be their starter next year. They, they'll, they'll commit to him and build around him. He's a good player. He was a top recruit coming out of high school. Yeah, five star kid. He, he he was Daniel Jeremiah, NFL analyst, NFL Network host, Move the Sticks podcast. DJ, you're the best. Happy New Year to you. First of all, I love you both. Okay, let's just start there. Um, yeah. Hey DJ, we'll be talking more as we get. Was it, wait, was, it, was there, there was a, there was a but there was a butt coming? Was there a butt coming? <laughs> you know what? Hey, I love you guys. I'm not saying I don't want to come on every day. I'm just giving you agent speak there. Yeah, you know, that's it.
But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. We love you guys, but yeah. But but not in the budget right now. It's a little early, okay? It's a little early for me, okay? I, I got I it. Thanks, though. Th- th- thanks, DJ. Go get some shots up. Empower your investment <laughs> portfolio with opportunities in Puerto Rico. Impeller is the, a new online tool that connects investors with innovative projects on the island. It's available now. Impeller is your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash impeller. Um, College football playoff starts tomorrow. We'll discuss it next in the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Dan Patrick Show rolls on. You're on Fox Sports Radio with TJ Spinsada. I'm Doug Gottlieb. And TJ, before we uh, uh, go off into the ether and uh, turn people over to, to Colin Cowherd, uh, tomorrow college football playoff, Georgia a favorite over Michigan, Alabama a big favorite over Cincinnati. Um it, it does feel like, like, look, the first game becomes about Harbaugh. The second game becomes about does Cincinnati belong. And, and Cincinnati could, could win without winning, even though in the real world you actually need to win to win. I believe Cincinnati's going to they're gonna play a competitive game. I think everybody believes Alabama's going to roll right through them. Cincinnati, they're good defensively. They have a mobile quarterback, which is going to present some problems for Alabama. And they got corners on the outside that are going to be drafted fairly high. That they they can play with Alabama. I don't I don't believe it's going to be a blowout. I expect a competitive game. Um, I'm excited to watch the games. Really, to be honest with you, both of the games. I I think Georgia may have an easier time with Michigan. Michigan is we're going to run the ball and, and kind of take your soul type of thing. Nobody's doing that to Georgia. And so unless Michigan comes out throwing the ball. I believe it's going to be tough for them to get yardage on the ground against Georgia. Do you think Georgia can move the ball against Michigan? If that's a tough question, man. I I, I wish that JT Daniels, if JT Daniels was playing, yes, because he, he can really throw the ball. Stetson Bennett, although he does give him an element of what is mobility, JT Daniels is just a pure passer, and it's not like he's a statue back there to kick and actually move. And so I would say yes, but I, I don't know if JT is going to play. They've come out and said Stetson Bennett's going to be the quarterback. And the way he played against Alabama, if he plays that way, it, it, they, they won't make it far. No, I think I think JT Daniels is still in. He's in COVID protocols. So, but I don't know if again they they have all the, they have new rules in the NFL. I don't think there's I don't know what the rules are for college football. But I think he's out, and that that's that's the thing that changed to me is I thought if they used JT Daniels, that's a team that can win a national championship. I don't think they can. Win, I'm not sure they can win one without him because they can't throw the football consistently without him. That when I watch the games, and it's almost like is he hurt? Is he not hurt? I mean, he's been in COVID protocols over a week and a half ago it's been 10 days and so you would think but but you can't practice it. but but can you practice I man how are you going to play in a national semifinal if you haven't practiced for 10 days do you have a great point but i i just if stetson bennett plays like he did against alabama they're in trouble unless they can overpower michigan with the run game that that that's their only choice is if, if they can run the ball against Michigan and have a chance. But Michigan, with Aiden Hutchison, I'm eager to see how he matches up with that offensive line that uh, Georgia's going to uh, 
he's going to encounter. But I, I'm looking forward to these games. I, I really am. I think people believe that Alabama's going to roll through Cincinnati, and and I don't see it that way. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting because you got – uh, like pe- people will think it's good for the sport if Cincinnati beats Alabama. I don't nah. think it's good for the sport if Cincinnati beats Alabama because nobody, people, less people will watch the championship game. People want to see Alabama and Georgia or Alabama and Michigan. Man, Alabama, Georgia, Remax or Alabama, Michigan. Just, just to see Harbaugh and Nick Saban, man, that, just that, just the thought of that uh, would be refreshing. Nick Saban against one of his former assistants. Obviously, that doesn't end too well for the assistant, so I don't know if uh, people want to see that that uh, movie again. But I'm look. I I want all I want to be honest. I just want competitive games that come down to the fourth quarter. If we if we can get that, um, as fans of football, we've won. But but I'm eager. I'm really eager to see how Cincinnati will, will stack up those corners. Desmond Ritter. Cincinnati is quietly they they have some good players on that team, man. No, I look for for Cincinnati. I think the the argument that they couldn't compete is a, is is not is not in in um, for on a one game. You know, I think now if they have to if they win this one and then you got to win next week, right? The attrition of it. That's where that's where the SEC teams. And to a lesser extent, the Big Ten teams get you is they just have a greater depth because you have to with the attrition of their leagues. But I think Cincinnati, they have a big time quarterback. They can they can really, really run the football and shorten the game. It's just is the moment too big for them, right? Every game Alabama plays is the biggest game on the other team's schedule for Cincinnati. You know, you have the Notre Dame game to call on. And, of course, they had to win every game in order to get here. But you can't tell me that they've played in a game of this magnitude yet this season or maybe even ever. And run the ball well, yeah, until you play Alabama. And so they're going to have to come with some misdirection, slow them down, keep them, make sure Alabama is keeps their gap integrity, keep them honest, a lot of misdirection. I'm just – Michigan, they want to run the ball. Are you going to be able to do that against Georgia? Are you going to come out of your element and put the ball in Kay McNamara's hands and say, we got to throw it more? You're going to give J.J. McCarthy more snaps? Very interesting to see how these games um, unfold. I, I completely agree with you. It's going to be interesting. All right, so Big Ben Roethlisberger says Monday's his last game at Heinz Field, barring a, a postseason game. I'm sure the whole sports world will react to it. It's not a surprise to either of us, but you got TJ's thoughts. Of course, the Lakers continue to have uh, their, their midseason malaise at best, disaster at worst. And, of course, we're getting you ready for the college football playoff, which will kick off. We don't know about the other bowl games in terms of shutdowns as of now. No new announcements. Keep it tuned here. For TJ Hushman's I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show, only on Fox Sports Radio.